You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 71. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and I am so excited to talk to you about today's topic. It's all about where to start when you're just getting started. As a PMO leader inside an organization in your first new role as a PMO leader or even your next new role as a PMO leader. But either way, we're going to talk today about getting that job. And once you do, How do you make the best first impression and focus on exactly what you need to, to build credibility and make a big impact right away? Something really cool has been happening recently, and it's just got me bursting with joy and excitement about this fabulous PMO community. You see, I've been sharing a lot of content this year, a lot of free content with PMO leaders, portfolio managers, program managers, project managers, And we just finished our huge PMO Impact Summit that had a hundred sessions and ran for free for two weeks. And some cool stuff is happening with our community. A lot of people are taking what they've learned and it's helping them to get new jobs, to up-level in their careers. And I've had a ton of people reach out to me over the last many weeks and say, hey, I just got a new job. And that coaching you gave me, that advice you gave me, that information you shared on one of your recent webinars or the podcast helped me shift my mindset and land that job. They're saying things like, I know that the way I talked about the PMO and its purpose and how we were going to drive impact and the step-by-step process I was going to use to build and run this PMO or portfolio was different than what everybody else was talking about. And that's precisely the position you want to be in. If you're listening to this and you're one of those many people that reached out to me over the last few weeks, you know who you are. And I want to thank you for inspiring me and inspiring this episode. Because what I want to do today is talk to all of our PMO and portfolio and program managers that are in that job hunt process or have just gotten that new job and they want to make sure they start it off right. And I'm going to share some resources here with you that point to other episodes and webinars that I have, as well as a few steps I want you to think about in that first week and that first month in that new job. If you're still in the looking or interview process, here are a few resources I want you to think about. First, we have a program inside our membership that is all about building a high impact resume. But we go deeper than just the resume. We talk about how you can present yourself in a way that differentiates you from the competition. And so that's a good place to start if you're looking to update your resume, you're looking to update your LinkedIn profile and how you brand yourself as a PMO leader. So you can check that out at pmostrategies.com forward slash membership and learn more about that membership program. It's a very low price program that gives you access to training courses every month that are specifically geared towards what you're looking to accomplish. And for a limited time, I'm still doing it through the rest of this year, I am building a custom training plan for you if you are in the membership 
You take a detailed survey, answer some questions for me, and I personally build a custom training plan for you. So that is a great way to get some very inexpensive advice from me on how to help you boost your skills and where to focus your energy and take advantage of the 200 plus courses we have in our membership. Okay, so step one, you wanna make sure that your resume, your LinkedIn profile, and everything that you have out there represents how you are different than everyone else. Now, how do you really become different than everyone else? A lot of that you can find in the Impact Driver Mindset podcast episodes that are episode 001 through 008. I walk you through the Impact Driver Mindsets. Of course, we also have training on this inside the membership, but if you wanna listen to some stuff for free, go listen to 001 through 008 of the PMO Strategies podcast. I take you through every step of the six parts of the mindset shifts that you must make which is the beginning of building those differentiators. And trust me, go through those episodes and listen to what I'm telling you to do and how I'm telling you to think about and talk about your role and what you do to drive change and deliver on the organization strategy and use the things that I'm talking about there and you will sweep your hiring manager off of their feet. They will be absolutely in love with you because what they're looking for, what your business leaders are looking for in these organizations you're interviewing with is different than the status quo of people, process, and tools being the driver of your PMO and the change you're creating. We flip all of that upside down and it's based on what your business leaders are begging for. So that'll help you get your resume to stand out and get you into that interview. Once you're in that interview, You want to be talking about all of that impact driver mindset stuff that you'll find out in those episodes. You also want to be thinking about how you are going to implement this PMO. And that's where you want to have two sets of resources in your toolbox. You have already done the impact driver mindsets, which is 001 through 008. Then I want you to go back to number 19 through 24 of the PMO Strategies podcast, because in those episodes, I walk you through my signature framework for building and running a high impact PMO that is positioned to help the organization deliver on the strategy as quickly as possible with the highest possible return on investment. And if you're not sold yet that the PMO should be driving high return on investment, go listen to those episodes. Trust me on this. I talk you through the questions that you want to ask before you start a PMO and how to build and deliver a high impact, sustainable and evolving PMO. Essentially, you're building an impact engine. And that's what I talk you through there. You can also listen to my masterclass on building the impact engine PMO. And you can get to that from pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO. So I have that running live right now and you can listen in and watch and take notes. We have a great worksheet that you can download that helps you create your action plan. So there are some free resources for you to help you have the right conversations even before you've gotten the job. You can have the right conversations with your hiring manager and other stakeholders when you're going through the interview process to really help differentiate you like so many people who've reached out to me over the last many weeks have said. They watched these trainings, they participated in the PMO Impact Summit, they listened to these podcasts, and they are seeing these awesome results. 
And they'll tell you it's because they had a different mindset going into those interviews and they're thinking differently about the PMO. Okay, now what happens once you've gotten the job? For all of you that are already at that spot, we'll pick up from here. And for those of you that are not yet at this spot, let me tell you what to expect when you first get started. Now, here's the tricky part. Whether this is your first time building a PMO or your 15th time building a PMO, we tend to see the world differently than many other people do. We are the kind of people that can walk into a room and immediately see where the problems are. And that is a fantastic skill to have, and it can also get us into big trouble. One of the things that some of these folks that have reached out to me have said is, well, I'm not really sure how mature they are, or if they have the right processes and tools in place, or if they are ready for what I bring to the table. Or you might even be in a position where you go in and you start seeing all these things that need to get fixed. Many times the minute you get in there, you can diagnose the problems that they have and tell them exactly where you think you should start in solving those problems. Now, here's the problem with that. Our tendency is to go in and say, oh, I see it. I know what they need to have fixed. Let me start on that right away. And we don't want to do that. And here's why. Because we're falling into the trap of trying to give them the medicine that we know they need to take before we address the things that they already agree are problems. And that means that we go into the organization and we're immediately Sisyphus pushing a boulder up a hill again and again, just to have it roll back down and start over when there's a much easier way. You see, they hired you because they have a problem they want you to solve. They have an opportunity that needs to get addressed. They know they need someone and you are the person that they have decided to hire to solve that problem. So why do we go in and focus on the things we think they need to do instead of addressing what they have identified as a problem first? And it sounds silly when I say it to you like this, But this is pretty common and it's also extremely dangerous because if we don't start with addressing the pain points that they already know they need, their expectations are not going to match with the reality you're putting in front of them. And your PMO will have a brand of not solving the business problems that they see, even though you have come in there and put all this blood, sweat and tears into solving problems you know they have. So you've got to close that gap between what you think they need solved and what they have identified as the reason they hired you. And I know what you're thinking, but they saw my resume, but they know that I have a PMP or they know I have these other certifications. They know all the strengths I bring to the table. That's all great. But I'm telling you, if you don't start with the things they know they want solved, then none of that matters. Listen, give them the medicine they are willing to take first, build that trust factor, or as we like to call it in the marketing and business space, the know, like, and trust factors. Build that first before you get them to buy into the things that you know that they should be doing to continue to improve and grow and evolve and ultimately drive greater return on investment for their entire portfolio of initiatives. Now, how do you really diagnose and understand and peel back the layers on the problems that they identify? Because sometimes 
depending on who interviewed you and depending on who your boss is or the stakeholders you're listening to, you might hear a multitude of different requirements coming at you. And until you get to the root of the actual problem, you don't start building a thing. That's why I have an entire module in my signature program, the Impact Engine PMO, dedicated to this process of assessing the organization for impact opportunities. Because we have to dig and dig and dig until we find what really is happening in the organization that has them self-diagnosing the need for more templates, tools, and process, or even jumping on that agile transformation train and saying, this is the holy grail of solving all of our pain points we've had with traditional project management. Here's the secret. None of that is the actual problem. And none of that will actually be the solution. No amount of templates, tools, and process or changes in implementation approach are going to solve the problems that underlie these kinds of symptoms, these kinds of calls to a need to shove templates, tools, and processes at everyone. Now, I'm not saying you don't have them, but again, there's a difference between the medicine that they need to take and the medicine that they are willing to take. So what you have to do is do some digging to figure out what the real problems are that are showing themselves in the pain points that they identify and then address those problems. Once you identify those, I have another program in my membership you can grab called Making the Case for a PMO. And that's actually something you get as a part of the Deeper Dive Impact Engine PMO training program. But one step at a time. First, we need to assess the organization for impact opportunities. We need to do the digging, the investigative research to figure out where the real problems are. You're looking for the root cause, not the symptoms. If you have business leaders or your boss or others in the organization, stakeholders saying, we need and they present a solution, you want to stop and pause right there. Don't blindly implement that no matter who's saying it's needed without digging into the underlying problems. I can't tell you the number of times that PMO leaders have gone on the faith of what the business leaders say the problem is because they don't really know what the problem is, but they think that this solution, like the tool or the template or the reorganizing or the agile transformation is going to be the solution because it worked for someone else and they're misdiagnosing the problem in the first place. So your job is to dig until you figure out what the real pain is that they want to address and then solve that. That is the secret that most PMO leaders miss and why we have such miserable results with the PMO worldwide. Now, miserable because if you look at the data, it's historically about 50% or about 50% are not aligned with the business, uh, less than 50% of stakeholders that interact with the PMO say they have a bad experience. PMOs generally tend to evolve or die out or the PMO leader gets replaced every few years. All of that is symptoms of a bigger problem of PMO leaders giving the organization the medicine that they think is needed as opposed to really understanding and addressing those pain points and the real opportunities for a PMO. So when you start getting the, we need to have and a solution, you want to stop there and ask why. Why do we need this? What is it solving? How is this helping? How will this fix the underlying problem? And you dig and you dig and you dig 
until you really truly understand what the underlying problem is. Because if you just implement what they suggested and it wasn't actually a solution to the real pain that they were experiencing, guess who gets seen as the failure? You, because you obviously didn't implement it right. As opposed to a situation where you dig and you find out that actually the real problem you're having is more about how the organization is structured or the fact that organizational change management techniques are not being threaded throughout all of the projects or that the right relationships don't exist in the organization to move projects through quickly or that there is a complete disconnect between the priorities of one part of the organization and another. These are really common organizational problems that have nothing to do with implementing a project management tool or putting in agile versus other project implementation lifecycle approaches. That's the thing is that we try and implement some new idea or jump on some train of new way of thinking about the way we implement projects when many of the underlying problems don't actually start as project problems. They're almost all people problems. The people and the work they do and how they're organized and how they're structured and how they're focused often has a bigger effect on whether or not your PMO is going to be successful. So let's not put band-aids on problems that really need a different way of thinking or a different solution. Now, I'm not saying the PMO is off the hook here, but this is the golden opportunity for PMO leaders to not be seen as administrative templates, tools, and process people, but to be seen as strategic business partners that really earn their seat at the table, understanding the fundamental challenges the organization is facing, the business problems the business leaders have, and how to truly solve them. Don't worry, you'll get your chance to improve process or quote unquote mature the capabilities of the organization, but they don't usually come first. And let me walk you through an example to make it super real for you. Let's say you go into an organization and you've maybe come from another organization where there was a lot of infrastructure, a lot of governance, good portfolio management, great tools, lots of templates, tons of process. And you walk into this organization and you say, okay, I'm going to replicate that here. Have you heard the term culture eats strategy for breakfast every time? Well, that could be the challenge you run into. That other culture might have been one that was really defined by a drive to have consistency and people operating in the same way. They appreciated sameness. They appreciated having everything flow through a particular governance structure and process. This new organization you're in might not digest all of that heavy process and tools and templates well. In fact, they might buck against the system immediately when you start shoving templates at them. And so we've got to be very careful that we've done some work to assess how the team is organized, how the organization operates, how work gets done before we start applying that same approach in the new organization. In fact, that's part of the reason that PMOs are so hard to nail down from the perspective of what a good PMO looks like. It's because there is no one size fits all for a PMO. And if you're trying to treat it that way, you could hit a brick wall. So instead, what you want to do is you want to look at all of the different aspects that make up the organization and the opportunities for the PMO to provide support. 
You want to look at how your team is organized if you have a team, how they operate, what kind of work they do, what kind of culture you're in, how real decisions are made in the organization because it often doesn't follow an organizational chart, what industry this business is in that you're working inside of, what services do you provide to your customers as an organization. Is this a culture that embraces change readily or one where you're going to have to build strong trust and relationships first before any changes can happen? How about your sponsor? Do you have a strong and supportive sponsor that is high up in the organization? And where do you sit in the organization? Is your PMO reporting to the C-suite or buried somewhere deep inside the IT department, for example? And so everything you do is going to be filtered through an IT lens. Answers to these questions and so many others will really help you understand the lay of the land and help you figure out where you want to start in order to build the PMO that addresses the pain points that your business leaders have identified. And I talk about this a lot with my students, but you also want to make sure that you are not saying yes to everything that comes your way. As you're doing this research, as you're talking to people in the organization, you should be building relationships, asking a lot of questions, probing until you get to the true root cause of a problem, not the symptoms that are painfully obvious, and being very careful about what you promise in that process. Because you've got to go through that entire assessment process, and then you can start defining the capabilities and services that you need to deliver in the organization, not the other way around. It can be very tempting as you are building that know, like, and trust factor with people in the organization to say, yes, we can do this, and yes, we can do that. And before you know it, by the time you've gotten through the organization, you've said yes to way too many things you're not going to be able to deliver. So first we assess and dig and find those root causes, hear about what's keeping your executives up at night, and then we can say, okay, now I need to go back to all of these people and start working with them to prioritize where we will spend our energy first. Let that become your advisory board, your group of stakeholders that helps you prioritize what gets done when. Putting that process back in their hands makes it so that you can let go of owning and having responsibility for what gets done first. It's back on them. It's back on those stakeholders. And that process helps you build the trust, make it their PMO, not your PMO, and build the right PMO from the start. Over time, after you've built that trust, you can come back and say, great, now that we've solved this problem, we've built trust with them. Now we can talk to them about what will help them take it to the next level. But in some organizations, that first level is good enough. So let's not get caught up in how mature our PMO is or measuring our PMO against other PMOs. Every PMO is unique as the PMO leaders running it as the organizations they're working in. So don't try and measure yourself and what your PMO should look like based on some arbitrary maturity model or all of these things you'll find out there that say it must look or feel like this. That's all a bunch of nonsense. The PMO must look like an impact engine. That is the only thing it must look like. And each organization's definition of that will be different. So let yourself off the hook. Don't feel the need to go in with guns blazing, with all these fantastic things you're going to put in place right away to show and prove your value on day one. 
What you really need to do, the real value, lies in listening instead of talking, hearing and understanding instead of implementing. And then you can make sure that when you do release services and capabilities, they're done so in a way that will get everybody's attention because you're immediately solving the pain they have identified. So now that just covered some ideas on the assessment process. But if you want to dive more into all of the different stages of this impact engine PMO, you have a few options. Like I said, you can go listen to episodes 019 through 024 to go through the questions you should ask before starting a PMO all the way through the different stages to building and running a sustainable and high impact PMO. Or you can walk through the whole thing by going to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO and attending my masterclass on this topic. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash PMO, listen to those podcast episodes that I talked about, do both. And when you're ready to join us to experience our hands-on implementation program, when you're in that new role and you want to make sure you get it right the first time, you can join us for the Impact Engine PMO training and coaching program. You can learn more about that right on our website as well, or by just going to iepmo.com. All right, I've given you tons of free resources and guidance to help you land that awesome PMO or portfolio management role, and then what to do right as you walk in the door and make sure that you set yourself up right from the start. So thank you to all of the fabulous people that reached out to me to tell me that because they took the guidance that I gave them, they took the information I shared with them, they shifted their mindset, it fed into those awesome conversations they were having, and now they've got those awesome jobs. Thank you so much. I look forward to supporting you on the next step in your journey. And for all of you impact drivers listening, I hope you've gotten some great ideas on how to focus your energy with your PMO. Thank you so much for being a part of my community. I have your back. And as long as you're in my community, you will never be on this journey alone again. That's it for today's episode. Have a fantastic high impact day. I look forward to hearing how you're implementing what you're learning here. Make sure you hit subscribe if you have not done so. And I hope to see you in our free Impact Driver Network mobile app and community. Bye-bye for now.